everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide, your insider's guide to all things franchising and small business in the local area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guide. This is the place for advocacy, resources, and education on all things entrepreneurship and franchising in the local area, and it's a great place for any entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur to stop by if they want to learn more about the franchising industry. Now, many of our episodes are very agnostic when it comes to business, meaning all things business, relevant not just to franchising, but to everything in the business world. Today's episode with Bev Crocker is exactly about that, ethics in business. Bev, thank you for being with us today. So happy to be here, Blake. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. I've been wanting to do this episode for quite some time, and you are that person distinguished enough that I need to look down when I'm doing your intro, because I can't memorize all of it. Crazy. So, Bev holds the Robert B. Doherty Chair and Professor in Business Ethics at the Hyder College of Business at Creighton University. Congratulations. You are the founder of the Business Ethics Alliance, which Go we're going to talk about today, and still on the board, right? Nope. Oh, okay. Yeah. Emeritus. <laughs> I stepped aside and I stepped aside completely. Other leadership is important. Well said. Yeah. Ethical decision on your on your part. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And most recently, this is the part where we get to see if I can make you blush on camera. Ooh. You were just inducted into the Omaha Business Hall of Fame. It's true. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, Blake. Yeah. So all those designations, growing up as a girl on a small rural farm, of course, you knew all this stuff was coming in your life, right? Oh, yeah, when I was six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. So now you're in the Business Hall of Fame, rubbing elbows, so to speak, with the Warren Buffetts, Walter Scotts, John A. Creighton, yeah, founder of the university where you now have uh, your holder of, of the chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, geez, who else? Father Flanagan, Rose Blumkin, who founded Nebraska Furniture Mart. I can't believe it. Yeah. It's incredible. So that says a lot about what the people of the business community in this entire region think of you. Congratulations. Yeah, it really does. It says a whole lot about the fact that this business community really enjoys and wants business ethics education. Yeah. Want to make a bunch of money but want to do it with integrity and honor and fair deals and be educated on that and have their people educated in the same way. It's marvelous. We live in a great community, don't we, Blake? Indeed. Indeed. And something that can be emulated, replicated in any metropolitan market. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And you've made that your life's work. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you first, how how did you end up in, in the ethics environment? Right? Like, what, how did that happen? Nobody, nobody goes to school and says, I'm going to study ethics professionally, right? <laughs> Usually not. Uh, I'm a philosopher by trade. And so one of the main areas of philosophy is ethics. And I did my dissertation on that. Uh, you don't want to know the details. The title has a colon in it. They're always dry and boring. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I did. I love it. <laughs> The and title has a colon in it, and it's not exciting. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, and so I, I started teaching business ethics when I was a kid, so to speak, in graduate school. And then it blossomed into a position in a business school, and that would be Creighton. 
And uh, I started by teaching undergraduates and graduates and then just moved into the area of uh, educating practitioners. And that is really the beginning of the Business Ethics Alliance. Wow. And that was how many years ago now? Stop. Okay. About 35 years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, we all know that you started your career when you were 10. So, yeah. <laughs> Makes about makes sense. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Where does the time go? It's incredible. But yeah, I've, it's been decades that I've been in this area. And um, in the area, in the business practitioner world, like people like you, and that's yeah. how I met you uh, through the Business Ethics Alliance. Um, it's called ethic, e- Ethics and Compliance. So the E&C space yeah. is where I'm at when it comes to the business world. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Now let's tie that in because you kind of referenced that when you first started talking here about you and your background, ethical decision-making in business, right? Okay, so let's be honest. That sounds like the thing that you're supposed to say. Yes, it's supposed to be important if I'm on a podcast or I'm in front of my team doing a presentation because I'm a business owner or CEO, right? The people that listen to this podcast are largely people who want to be a business owner or are business owners or want to expand, right? Right. Why should this topic be important to them? Well, one, I, I like to give examples. We live by examples and stories, Thank don't you. we? Yeah. <clears throat> so think about um, you're starting a business, let's say, mm-hmm. and you're trying to figure out how you should price your product. Uh, and then you you uh, you probably investigate how other people are pricing their product. That's one thing that you can do. Uh, but you think about, let's say, you might have... Um, uh, customers that are large company companies as opposed yeah. to small companies, let's say. Well, should it be the case that you uh, the price of your product is the same for large and small? What would be fair? And so you whatever it is that you have in your brain that kicks in in terms of your values like fairness, it kicks in when you're thinking about how you price products. And so do you charge the small guy and gal the same as you charge a big company? Big companies have a lot more money. And so it may be the case that it's appropriate for you to charge them a little more. What if you're going to be working with for-profit as opposed to not-for-profit? You know, what would be the way to price the products? Would it be better? Would it be more fair if you give a a deal to a not-for-profit as opposed to for-profit? So Uh immediately your values come into play with things. I think that pricing is like at the guts of business. And so even in that yeah. case, you're thinking about your values and, uh, and you're thinking about how much money you can make at exactly the same time and balancing those things together when you're making a decision. That's a lot, right? There's a lot of mental gymnastics in trying to, in trying to factor what's the right thing to do for my business What's the right thing to do to set the right reputation, to attract the right people to be on my team? Is that, was that a big part of the motivation behind creating the Business Ethics Alliance? Yeah, because what happened was I stepped outside of the ivory towers and I had conversations once again with people like you. And um, uh, the stories that I tell uh, come from those conversations. It's also the case that I've uh, been associated with a very small business um, I don't know if I should say the name of it. Absolutely. Go oh, ahead. Plant Pros of Omaha. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, uh, in uh, and that company has been going for now about 27 years. Mm-hmm. And so um, learning as we go 
uh, about those stories and, and not just stories, but I mean, real hard questions that you have as you're growing your business. Um, it's, it, it comes from the conversations with people like you. Yeah. So literally a lot of this came from being a small business owner, being Mm -hmm. around the small business environment and what are the right things to do? How do you, how do you, how do you manage this decision-making process? And I got to tell you, I love small business compared to big business. Most universities across the country, like Creighton, um, they teach to the students to go into big business. And the career centers are set up for going into big business. Uh, so I always have a kind of rub with the students that I teach uh, because <laughs> I'm, I'm always asking the question, which of you are going to be entrepreneurs? Which would, of you are going to go into small business? And out of 30 students, it might be one or two. Um, so um, in that sense, I kind of have a disconnect. Connect. I'm, I'm always yeah. recommending to them, wait a second, think about the freedom that you have, you know, when, you, when you're running your own business. Do mm-hmm. you really want to be a cog in a wheel? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm always, always advocating for small business. So maybe later in the semester you get a few more hands that go up. <laughs> yeah, actually, I do. You're right about Should've that. Should have had you on this show years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Because they're the pipeline, man. Yeah. 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 For sure. Has that changed at all? You said a few hands go up. It's been pretty consistent over the years? Over the decades, it's been pretty consistent. Yeah. Speaking mm-hmm. of over the decades, so cutting through current media, et cetera, how do you feel? What What's the ethical environment like in business compared to the past? Is it is it the same? Is it better? Is it worse? Can you give it a grade? I haven't seen any, you know, any survey that helps us answer this question. But what everybody's talking about is the use of technology uh, and how the speed of technology and the speed of communication because of social media, et cetera, has affected what business people are doing. Um, So... Does it create more problems? Probably, but they're the same old problems in the sense that they're problems about honesty. You know, mm-hmm. uh, how honest are you in your marketing when it comes to social media versus what you used to put out, you know, in the snail mail? Mm-hmm. Um, that question is the same. Transparency, you know, how much do you tell and when do you tell? Those right. questions are the same. But because social media and media is 24-7 now, people can find out things very quickly compared to what, you know, the, yeah. the rate at which they used to be able to find things out. So there's that that urgency um, that comes with technology, uh, but they tend to be, shall we say, the same old questions based on the same values that we talked about before, you know, the Internet hit our lives. Yeah. Are you old enough to remember when we didn't have the Internet? I yes, am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So we've seen the changes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Change the world. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me ask you the the follow up question that you were probably expecting. You were speaking about technology and how, if I were to paraphrase, how much things change, they might stay the same. Artificial intelligence. Mm. I'm just going to leave it at that and ask you the question. Do you have any thoughts on that topic as it pertains to the subject of ethical decision making in business? Uh, it scares the heck out of me 
And if we weren't on a podcast, I'd use a stronger word than hack. <laughs> <laughs> but it really does. Um, uh, it, what scares me is the possibility that we give up our our mm, give up our decision making skills, and we just mm-hmm. turn it over to a device that makes decisions for us. I uh, and I recently read something about that from the people that are running the responsibility, you know, uh, center at at Google. Mm-hmm. Um, so it scares me. On the other hand, it just almost seems like a a natural progression from what we've seen with the internet. And what I mean by that is when I Google things all the time, do you like, you know, how many, you know, apples are in a bushel? Exactly. Yeah. It makes it easy for me to find facts that, you know, I used to go to the world book and try to get yeah. Answers uh-huh. from that. And you know, that was yeah, uh it it was tedious and I usually didn't find the answers. But Google has been great, right? Just providing a background for us to make decisions. Uh with chat GBT though, um you can and I saw a student do it the other day, um, because I asked her a question and she mm-hmm. immediately, without my saying anything, went to chat GBT to answer for us. Uh, and it was a decision that needed to be, be made. And she said, well, Jet, chat GBT says that we should X, Y, Z. And I had not before that. And I know it's been, you know, uh, AI has been, uh, you know, and this particular software has been there for a while. Right. Um, but I hadn't seen anybody just like as a second nature just pull it out right. in order to make a they decision. They fully embraced it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it seems like a progression in that regard. First of all, we use Google, like my Aunt Lorraine, who would be 99 now if she were alive, would never have done that. We are comfortable using Google, and we're not giving up any of our abilities to make decisions. But with ChatGBT, um, they're asking to make decisions. And right. so natural progression and I'm afraid of what that consequence is going to be. In a sense, it's I can't. Uh, it's not surprising. In another sense, it scares me. Gotcha. Appreciate the honest response to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the folks that you've worked with over the years. So, of those business leaders, business owners, who consistently display the highest ethical standards. What do they all have in common? Surprisingly, my answer is going to be <clears throat> an ability to reflect. Hmm. So, Hold on, let me reflect on that. <laughs> <laughs> that was excellent. Um, yeah, it's not one value in particular that they all have in common. So I wouldn't say, oh, mm-hmm. they're all, you know, starving to be noble or, oh, they're all starving for integrity. It's not that so much. Yeah. It's that they have the ability in a situation to take the moment to think about what's going on, you know, to stop and listen, slow things down. And, and inside, you know, they're, they're thinking about what's going on. And they might even take the time to have a day and an evening when they write things down. Yeah. And they're reflecting on it in that way. And then come back uh, to have a further discussion. 
Um, I just find that people that are reflective are the ones that can bring their values into play, um, whatever those are, uh, in a way that people, if they're, they don't have an interior conversation, yeah. and surprisingly, there are a lot of people like that, um, they don't have the ability to bring together the efficiencies of business uh, with the, the, the values that they're trying to live. What do you <laughs> think? Am I right about that? Or would you say that there are particular values that, you know, you would point to? Yeah. And, you know, when I was forming this question, because this is one that I wrote down, wanted to make sure I asked you, I was thinking about particular people, right? So particular business leaders, I won't name names, uh, who I thought reflected that comment, right? They've always striven to, you are one of them, by the way, okay. always striven to operate and, and set examples that were ethical, and part of me said they're, they're thinking about their legacy, right? Like how people are going to remember them, how their team, how their family, how their grandkids is, gonna, is going to remember them. But I guess I had never sat back and thought about, well, a lot of it just has to do with the, almost the, the functional operational component of it. If you stop and take time and think about and give yourself time to think about the consequences of decisions that you'll make or the repercussions of, you know, I'm not perfect. Maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I made the wrong call. And you take the time to reflect on it. Then isn't that how they become more ethical leaders in the first place? Mm -hmm. So, And part of no. that reflection, I got to say, one of the major questions is that that's asked by a person who has a particular ethical lens. There are different lenses that people have ethically yep. speaking, but they're all ethical. One is an aspirational lens. And the question that those people might be you that tend to think of first as they're reflecting is, you know, what will my reputation be? What will the reputation of my, my organization be? Mm -hmm. Who should I ask in order that I respect um, to help me kind of walk through this? That lens, the, those are the questions that really come to the forefront right away. Yeah. Uh, just as an example of another lens, a responsibility lens, that's not the first thing that comes to their mind. It's more like, what are the rules that I need to follow? Mm -hmm. uh, what are the obligations and rights that are in play? And so the reflection plays out differently depending upon the particular ethical lens that a person has. Yeah. That's a very good point. Mm -hmm. It's it's not a one size fits all response no, no, at all, is no. it? No, but the yeah. point is, they're all reflecting. Um, I think when it comes to small business and when it comes to let's say franchising, yeah, uh, there are a couple of things that just really pop. A, a couple of values: transparency mm -hmm. between uh, the organization that is providing the franchise and then the people that you know uh, buy into the franchising model. Uh, if you don't have transparency going, you you don't have a good relationship. Yeah. But on the other hand, you want accountability from both sides, right? Um, and so uh, when it comes to uh, franchising, those values come into play. And I would say that whether you are um, a responsibility lens or aspirational lens or results lens, that's another one. You know, as you're thinking through it, um, those two values would come to mind in different ways for the aspirational ones. Like you would think about people that you admire, that you would talk to, um, that, you know, you would find that they would probably, they might not use those words, but you would yeah. think, yeah, uh, they want me to, you know, make sure that I follow through on what, on what I'm doing. That's right. accountability. 
Um, so they would come into play, I think, with any lens. But for the, uh, franchising in particular, those two values are just pillars, aren't they? To successful franchise for any sustainable franchisor that's in it for the long run, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. totally agree. Yeah, in fact, maybe that'll be our clip out because it's so pertinent. <laughs> All right, let me ask you a logical follow up question to that because I know we have to start wrapping up here. But what do you say to the person who nods their head and says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, all right," but there's no money in ethics? When it comes to business ownership or operating business, there's, there's really no financial motive to putting all that time and energy into the ethics and assigning somebody the responsibility. Kind of, how do you respond to that after all these years? There's no – was the question money? In there's ethics? no money and there's no financial incentive mm. to put a huge emphasis on ethical decision-making and ethical operations. Yeah. Um you know, as an academic, I have to go to literature, and uh, there's studies that show that if you have a, co- a code of ethics, uh, then in a company, then it's the case that you do make more money. Uh, Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Uh, uh, but does that mean you have ethics? Because you have a code of uh, of ethics. Enron in had place. a code of ethics, right? Exactly. Shrink wrapped, and you can find it on eBay. Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody used it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So those are studies that, and so like, are those really good studies? You know, and so so then you get into that whole you know thing about you know whether the studies that support the fact that if you are ethical, then you will have uh, higher financial results. Yeah. Um, uh, so there's that, you know, Blake, what I think is people are complex and why we're in business is complex too. And so that question of what success is includes the financial part. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it, but really, you know, all the people I've talked with and conversed with and had dealings with, it's not just as simple as that. The money matters. It has to because we're in a capitalist, you know, environment mm-hmm. and you've got to make money in order to survive. But I don't know anybody that just thinks it's that, right? Yeah. Success is also yeah. all the other things that, that come into play. Like, you know, small business um, being part of the community and putting your name on the back of the, you know, the baseball team's, you know, jerseys mm-hmm. uh, because you're supporting the community with that. At the same time, you're advertising <laughs> for your company. Right. So it's always usually mixed motives um, that goes on in our head and goes on in the practices that we have as right. in business. So, you know, uh you asked specifically about the financial part. I say that most business people I have met don't just think of that. They think of success in a broader way. Mm-hmm. And, and and it will always include, you know, doing things the way that they want to do, yeah. which they consider to be the right way. Yeah. And if people want to focus more on that and they want to get involved in the Business Ethics Alliance... How do they get a hold of the folks over there to get involved and engaged in that? Oh, good question. Uh, we have a new executive director, Anne-Marie Molliar, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we ha- there's a website for the Business Ethics Alliance, and it's real easy, businessethicsalliance.org. That's the very best way to get a hold gotcha. of anybody over there. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. 
So this could go on forever, but Dylan will cut me off. I do have one last question that I want to ask you. Uh-oh. Yeah. And no pressure, but I'm expecting a phenomenal response. No. <laughs> <laughs> My question is, um, how do you want your 80-year-old self to think about you? Uh, as a person who has lived with joyful mischievousness. <laughs> a very candid, honest response. I should have known. <laughs> That's great. No, no right answer to that, of course, but I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, thanks. Good. Well, thank you so much for being here. Great really, to really talk appreciate to you. it. As Absolutely. Always. Bev with the Business Ethics Alliance. Everybody knows how to find Creighton University. She's with uh, the Hyder College of Business, so we can look that up. But the Business Ethics Alliance, again, businessethicsalliance.org. And, of course, you can always just scan the QR code on your screen in order to uh, get uh, in touch with us, and we'll get you in touch with the Business Ethics Alliance. But I appreciate very much you sharing some time and sharing some of your experiences with us today on ethical decision-making in business. Thanks for being here. I appreciate your leadership in the Omaha business community. What you do is magnificent. Well, coming from a Hall of Famer, I'm touched. Thank you. You're welcome. And thanks to all of you for being here for another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy. Please share this episode and like, and subscribe, and follow. You know somebody who really should listen to this? Maybe a mother-in-law who you think should listen to an episode on ethics, or just a business owner or aspiring business owner who could benefit from this or other episodes. Please do make sure that you like, share, and follow. We appreciate you being here with us for another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy, and we'll see you here again for another episode very soon. Huda Media Production.